You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. It had grown into the stuff of legend. I am glad to report that the alternating wins-loss streak of the Atlanta Braves of 2021, a streak that had become one of the more historical oddities when it came to this franchise in recent memory, is finally over. And while it's sad to see a bit of history end, it's great the way that it did. With a 7-4 victory over the St. Louis Cardinals for the Atlanta Braves, for the Braves to be able to get back-to-back wins, end their alternating wins-loss streak, and once again be able to show this team hopefully is starting to turn a corner that is needed as it tries its best to continue to get back into the NL East Division race. Welcome! To the Daily Hammer, my name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. You can find the Daily Hammer as well as all the great content from the Talking Chop Podcast Network at TalkingChop.com as well as at Talking Chop across all forms of social media. A big win for the Atlanta Braves, not only in terms of the result itself, but how it came about. Here's the latest from Atlanta. So obviously coming into this tonight's game against the St. Louis Cardinals, the Braves obviously had gotten a big victory um, last, or excuse me, on Tuesday night against John Lester, starting off obviously with that of Jorge Soler. The Braves scored five early ones and were able to coast runs and were able to coast to a 6-1 victory. Well, last night, the game got off to a bit of an opposite start for this Atlanta team. Starter Drew Smiley after J.A. Happ had kept the Braves silent in the top of the first inning. Drew Smiley came out, and immediately after getting a, a quick, a few quick outs, he or excuse me, he got one quick out, gave up a single, and then with Paul Goldschmidt at the plate, Drew Smiley actually saved himself from what could have been a pretty scary injury, getting his glove hand up to keep a ball from hitting him that put runners on first and second with. Nolan Arenado. And just to be honest, it likely was still some fallout from the scary moment. Unfortunately, Drew Smiley hung a curveball to Nolan Arenado, who distributed it into the left field bullpen to give the Cardinals an early 3 to nothing lead. And it looked like that the Braves were well on their way to yet another loss, another disappointing occurrence to where they would not be able to take care of the momentum that had come from another complete game victory. That's a big thing that had come that had happened over the past few days coming into last night's game against the Cardinals. Yes, the Braves had continued alternating wins and losses, but when they were getting their wins, they were more consistently able to do it because the bullpen, the bats, and the starting pitching all were on the same page. Well, though it did not start out that way last night, it quickly got back on that page in a heartbeat after the three-run homer from Nolan Arenado, and that's what allowed for the Braves to get the needed win. It started off 
in the top of the fourth inning as Guillermo Heredia doubled in the first run of the game for the Braves. And then after that, they started chipping away. It felt like the Braves teams of old. After they had initially struggled to start the game, you never felt the Braves from 2019 and 2020 especially were out of games because of how well they did offensively to get back in games, especially in late game situations. Guillermo Heredia, an RBI double in the top of the fourth inning. Jorge Soler, his second home run in as many days in the top of the fifth inning. And then in the top of the sixth inning, Adam Duvall made his triumphant return to Atlanta in terms of production with a two-run homer to give the Braves a two-to-one lead. But the other big development, or she be four-to-three lead, the other big development, though, in this game was how well Brian Snicker managed the smaller parts of the game, the the efforts on the margins, if you will, that allowed for the Braves to remain in this game. After Drew Smiley gave up that three-run home run to Nolan Arenado, the Cardinals were kept silent for three more innings. But before Drew Smiley, who had struggled so mightily this year, in fifth innings when he's faced the top of the opposing order the third time through, instead of that, Brian Snicker called on Richard Rodriguez, one of his best arms, to come in and face the top of the Cardinals' order, and it wound up being a great play. He kept the order, the top of the order silent, and then Duvall followed it up, obviously, with the two-run homer to give the Braves the lead. After Duvall hit the two-run homer to give the Braves the lead at the top of the sixth, Tyler Matzik came on, kept the Cardinals silent in the bottom of the sixth. After the Braves went pretty quickly in the top of the seventh, Chris Martin came in, ran into a bit of trouble, and the Cardinals were able to tie the game due to a double steal followed by a sacrifice fly and tie the score at four. But this Braves team, once again, thankfully starting to show that they're able to put some consistent offensive production together. Three runs in the top of the eighth inning. The big hit coming off of after a Stephen Vogt sacrifice fly, pinch hitter, Jock Peterson came up and delivered a two-run double. It was a pretty hilarious defensive blunder by the Cardinals, but it led to two runs by the Braves. And ultimately, after Will Smith came in and shut the door in the bottom of the ninth, the Braves were able to win 7-4. to But again, it's not just a win that broke the streak of alternating wins and losses. It's how they won it. We want to talk about Dansby Swanson and Austin Riley continuing to produce well. Well, tonight, Riley did not have any hits. Dansby Swanson, though, Four hits on the evening, continuing to show Stephen Tolbert, who a wonderful baseball mind, new to Talking Chop, had a great article out today talking about how, though it may be in a different approach, Dansby Swanson is really starting to show some consistent consistency as a significantly valuable player for this Braves team. Dansby Swanson, four hits tonight and three runs. But the big, big takeaway, six of the Braves' seven RBIs, came via Stephen Vogt, Jock Peterson, Adam Duvall, and Jorge Soler. All names that Alex Anthopoulos added via trade over the past month. The big key inning of the night for the Braves, arguably, was Richard Rodriguez coming in and getting through the Cardinals' top of the order once the Braves had come within one run. We always want for 
Alex Anthopoulos to make the big move, the all-in move, to be able to really take that next step. This didn't seem the time to do it, but he is. But Alex Anthopoulos has shown on a consistent basis to make very valuable moves on the margins, and it's games like this where those moves are paying off. All of the additions that the Braves made at the trade deadline play big roles in tonight's victory, and hopefully that will continue on as the Braves continue to try to claw their way back into the NL East race. But the other big news of the day is not just that the Braves obviously broke their streak and now have consecutive wins. They have a winning streak to build off of going going into tomorrow's game in which Tuki Tassant will face off against Wade LeBlanc. The 2022 Braves schedule also is released. What are the big key games from that schedule and what stretches really stand out? We'll take a look at that in just a second. Obviously, the Braves certainly have something to build off of on the field now with two straight victories, being two and a half games out now in the NL East as both the Phillies and the Mets both won their games on Wednesday night as well. But a couple of other key developments that happened on Wednesday were the fact that it was announced that later on tonight uh, in Gwinnett, Ian Anderson will get his first start back on his rehab track back to Atlanta. And then on Friday night, Waskar Yanoa will make his second rehab start. So along with Travis Darno, who is also in Gwinnett as well, the Braves over the next week or two, not to sound too much like some others in Atlanta who cover the Braves, but some definite needed additions of depth to this team to make it even stronger than their actual trades have allowed for them to become. Those certainly are encouraging news nuggets with the injured, with the significant pieces that have been injured and out for quite a while. Travis Darno, Ian Anderson, Waskar Yanoa seeming to be on the doorstep of arriving back in Atlanta is huge news with all three of them either in or starting their rehab assignments. But the other big news of the day was the 2022 Braves schedule being released. Now, obviously, there's plenty of things to always be excited about when it comes to the Braves schedule. One of the things that you always love to look forward to is who might be coming to Atlanta that we don't typically get to see every year and what stretches really stand out as being opportunistic for this Braves team in order to do well during those stretches to really have a chance to get at the division lead in the NL East and pull ahead, obviously, as well. Well, the exciting news is this, is that some of the more entertaining names in the American League will be visiting Atlanta next year. On May, in May, on May 10th and 11th, the Boston Red Sox will be visiting Atlanta. Obviously, the high-powered offense with plenty of young stars supporting the Red Sox resurgence this year, they'll be visiting Atlanta on August 10th and 11th. The Oakland Athletics will be visiting Atlanta on June 7th and 8th. These are in 2022. Names such as Matt Olson, perhaps Starlin Marte, obviously someone that we all know here in Atlanta, as being a potential trade candidate for the Braves, Matt Chapman will be here. Don't think those talks are going on too much longer with how well Austin Riley is playing, but Oakland will be visiting Atlanta on 
June 7th and 8th. Another big key development is right after the All-Star Game. Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, and the rest of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim's, they will be visiting in Atlanta to start off the second half of the season on July 22nd, 23rd, and 24th of 2022. And then the Houston Astros will be visiting Atlanta as well, August 19th, 20th, and 21st. So some of the best teams in the American League, though that does make the Braves' schedule a bit stronger than usual, but some of the more entertaining young stars are in the American League will be visiting Atlanta next year. That certainly should make it enjoyable as we hopefully continue to get back towards things getting back more to normal as time goes on with full attendance and fans being to able to enjoy the game like they once were able to and like they have been here for most of the 2021 season. But a couple of parts of the schedule that really stand out are the end of July into early August in which the Braves will be playing the Philadelphia Phillies and the New York Mets two teams that once again will likely be heavy competition for the Braves in 2022 for the NL East division. The end of July into early August is going to be a huge stretch when it comes to the Braves having success against their divisional foes. And then in the month of September, after the Braves play an eight-game and nine-day road trip out west, they'll once again come home and wrap up the season with their last 15 games being against NL East division opponents. Two series against Philadelphia Phillies as well as a series against the New York Mets. Just like this year could likely be the same with the last six games of the 2021 season coming against the Mets and the Phillies. The division could be decided in 2022 in the same way with the Braves playing divisional opponents in all of their last 15 games. It's going to be exciting. We start out on the road once again against divisional opponents to start the season, but plenty of exciting teams that you don't normally get to see and talents you don't normally get to see will be in Atlanta in 2022. And obviously the second half of the season will contain critical stretches where the Braves have to be successful. A defining characteristic of this Braves team over the past three years when they've won division titles has been how successful they have been against other NL East opponents. One of the reasons why they're in the position they are this year, they haven't had that same success. Hopefully that'll change as time goes on over the next two months, but it's certainly going to be important once again once we go into 2022. Obviously by that time, we should have some needed talents returning. Obviously at the forefront of that is Ronald Acuna Jr. Thanks so much. This has been the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves, part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network. You can find all the great work from the Talking Chop Podcast with Brad Rowland and Scott Coleman. The Road to Atlanta Podcast will be coming out later on this week, talking about the unveiling of the midseason top 30 prospects for the Atlanta Braves with Eric Cole, Matt Powers, Garrett Spain, and others. Again, you can find all the great work at of, of Talking Chop at TalkingChop.com as well as at Talking Chop across all forms of social media. My name's Sean Coleman. Find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Don't forget to say hello if you do stop by. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for always listening to The Daily Hammer. Hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon.